Here we go. All right. Uh, Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again for another episode of the Nolcast. Um, Bud, I realize you have a lot of national responsibilities and things going on, but uh, does it feel like we're just all living in an information tornado right now where there's uh, <laughs> a story every four or five hours that would otherwise be like the story of the month or the story of the half year or something like that? So my long-winded way. It is 9.30 in the morning. Yeah, my phone is, you know, not even going to talk about that. Um, (laughs) uh, Oh, it's good times. It's good times. All right, we won't be short of information to cover. Uh, Bud did a podcast last night, just a quick rundown of the um, NCA sanctions or, uh, you know, their findings. uh, That was informative. Enjoyed uh, listening to that this morning. And um, would point our listeners to that. So we've got uh, all sorts of things to talk about. Flurry of activity in the transfer portal. Um, Florida State quickly making their way up the uh, list of portal class. Was it? Uh, are they number four now, Bud? With the addition uh, they of, are, uh, I think they're Ferguson. fifth. But Sione uh, uh, from Oregon State has not been ranked yet. Has not been ranked. So, okay. Um, okay. Which they they generally rank guys in batches, so yeah, you know, you, like you 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 just got done with one batch. I did see uh, Clint Brewster, who's worked for some college teams before as well. Yeah. Um, we have uh, Derek, I know, on the twenty four seven Sports Transfer team, who was the GM uh, for Tom Herman and a couple uh, at Texas, and then uh, has worked for a bunch of college programs. And I know we have a couple other guys who were also in college scouting, uh, who also ranked the guys. So. Uh, it's a really difficult task, but I do know that like they actually I was in the office uh, for because we have an office in Nashville. It's, it's in the country music television building. When I was there for AFCA, I, I popped in and, and saw everybody like they do have like a crazy amount of notes on these guys. They go through all like watch all the clips they can on PFF, like not just the highlights and you know, call around and try to do the due diligence. It, it, it's not. Uh, I mean, you're ranking transfers, some of whom haven't played barely at all. And so mm-hmm. it's a. It's a difficult task, but I, I don't think there's any conspiracy as to not rank Sione. I know that Clint actually <laughs> tweeted that he liked what he saw from him uh, the other day. So he is in the yeah. queue to be ranked. I'll, I'll just give you guys an inside look at that. Uh, but Ooh, that is inside information. Okay. <laughs> so we got all kinds of rumors uh, flying around. I see the comment in the... Um... You know about coaches uh, elsewhere canceling their radio show. I don't. It's just this time of year, man. You know, if somebody gets the flu and a radio show doesn't go as normally planned, then oh my god, this coach is definitely going there now. You know that particular rumor wouldn't break my heart right now with where things stand, but uh, you know we'll we'll see how things play out. And uh, I don't have any. I know this may shock you, bud, but uh, just because I'm involved with the collective doesn't mean I have any inside information on Alabama's job search. Uh, so I'm not, uh, you know, playing coy here. I don't if that's if you think you're going to get a great breakdown on that. I don't have it. I'm not going to act like I have it. Uh, you guys know as much as I do as to what's going on in Tuscaloosa right now. Yeah. It, OK, so it does appear that uh, landing was probably the top choice and then he shut that down. As a reminder, coaches do head coaches do not go to to other campuses to interview. <laughs> this does not happen. If you are a reporter and you actually do happen to see the head coach that you think might get hired on your campus, don't report it as he's here to interview. Just go ahead and report that he's hired because mm-hmm. no coach would do that. That that is just yeah. not 
that's how we knew some of these Bob Stoops reports were just absolutely false. Yeah. I, I remember I was like, hey, Bob Stoops is not a real candidate. B, he's there's not no in chance. the Moore building right now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so ultimately it's not um it, it's it's not really you know a, a, a thing. Look, I completely understand why Alabama would want to go after Mike Norvell, because Mike Norvell's done a really good job in Tallahassee and he did a really good job at Memphis. And I, I don't really kind of, I mean, he probably makes four or five million bucks, but so I, I would, I do in some ways envy Alabama AD Greg Byrne, but at the same time, that's a really hard job to fill, man, because you had a unicorn. Oh yeah. You had the unicorn of unicorns. I will say, um, you know, look, I, I have a lot of close friends that live in Mobile and Birmingham and, um, you know, I, and I believe that you were of this opinion for a long time. I was hearing a lot of people from the business community um, telling me that they thought, and to a point in September, they were all but sure this was going to be savings last year. <coughs> Excuse me. So I don't think this comes as a surprise to said athletic director. I mean, they, they would have had time to put this together. Um, you can go back and look throughout the year, whether it be a victory lap after the Tennessee game, whether it be his comments to, Kirby prior to the SEC championship game. I mean, there's all sorts of, uh, hey, this is probably my last year, uh, or at least maybe retrospect of, you know, paints that in, in even more of a distinct light. So, um, you know, Alabama will would not have gotten caught off guard on this. Uh, they would have had a chance to have put together a board, you know, made probably in all likelihood, made, you know, back channel communications, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I expect this thing to be done probably within 36 hours or so. So we'll see. Yeah, totally. I mean, look, it's, it's a really hard job to hire for because their, their standard is probably impossible. And you know, the way they were doing things, I'll, I'll go to this tweet from Dan Vulcan, right? He said, one thing I've learned is that Alabama's NIL program is not set up to be a turnkey operation for the next coach. It was set up to rely on Saban as the draw without him. It's going to take some work to get the money spigot flowing the way it ha- has at some of Alabama's competitors. Oh, point being, no matter who Alabama hires, the notion that they're walking into a place where the boosters and collectives had the player acquisition part taken care of just isn't really accurate. Saban made it easy to get complacent on that front. Players would take a discount to go play for Nick Saban. Again, look, I completely understand if he is considering it, why Mike Ravel would consider the Alabama job. Okay, if I'm Mike Norvell, there are some things about Florida State that probably would concern me a little bit. Some of them are my own doing, by the way, and some of them I have have no control over. I'm very confident, but Elliot, not Mike Norvell, that Florida State's going to get out of the ACC and probably pretty soon. Okay, but you know who is out of the ACC already? Alabama. Mm. The coach at Alabama doesn't have to deal with the, hey, are we stuck in the ACC? When are we getting out? those type of questions. He doesn't have to deal with the possibility or probability that like, Hey, we're going to go to revenue sharing pretty soon. And you know, that, that is why FSU wants to get out of the ACC amongst other reasons, because if you do go to revenue sharing, that's a problem because your revenue from the TV stuff is, you know, significantly less. Also, I mean, look, we have, done podcasts after signing day multiple years in a row there is a bill that will come due for the for the whiffs in the front seven recruiting just is what it is 
Now you can band-aid it and you can try to mitigate it some. And for and we will talk about that actually today with the work that this staff has done in the transfer portal, which I again think is really good work, probably yet again. But you know, it it, it that is a problem. Like if I'm Norvell, like, damn it. We just whiffed in the front seven again, and I just gave those guys extensions, you know? But like also if you're him, can you recruit at, a, at the level that Alabama will demand? We don't know. I mean, possibly, but possibly not. Like, we have not seen that level of recruiting out of Mike Norvell. We have not seen Mike Norvell run a really good recruiting operation, despite, you know, like, like Dan Vulcan pointed out, probably having better NIL than Alabama has, right? So we will see, you know, just how that goes. I, uh, I'm i curious to see. I, I don't blame him if he takes it because I think the, the certainty there at Alabama is greater than what it is at Florida State right now. But I also think that Florida State would have an, a line of coaches out the door uh, really just, just waiting to come here because, honestly, a couple things. One, staff pay is really good, right? You just you just paid Fuller almost $2 million bucks, okay? Number, you know, Norvell makes, what, eight and a half? If he gets extended here, I would anticipate that he probably is making over 10 there's just not that many coaches out there who make that kind of money. So Florida State's fans and boosters have stepped up in that area and also in the support of the NIL. Like Florida State's program NIL-wise is really respected, okay? They, they are, and it's it's because of the work the fans have done and the work that you've done to cultivate those fans. So if Florida State was losing a true unicorn, like a ball coach who also was a, like an elite-level recruiter, I would be worried. I would, because that is really hard to find. But, like, what's the real difference between, like, Mike Norvell and Chris Kleiman? The logo. Yeah, I'd give, I'd give, I mean, it's, it's it would be very bad timing to lose a sure. head coach right now. Uh, Mike Norvell um, is, and look, I don't, I don't work with Mike. I don't, you know, so please don't interpret, but just from afar, Mike Norvell is one of the hardest working dudes I've ever, ever encountered. Um, and I do think in time, you know, some of the recruiting things that we talk about will resolve themselves. I also, and, and we've talked about this a little bit, um, I'm not trying to minimize what you're talking about along the front seven or really along the, the line of scrimmage on the defensive side. Some of the, you know, guys that have not been able to, to come here out of the high school ranks, um, but I do think that we can start to say at this point, the portal is not a temporary thing. Like you're not, you can't rely on it. You're not going to find Jared verse. You're not going to find Jermaine, but from an economic of the sport perspective, I, I think addressing that position via the transfer portal makes more sense. You have guys that are ready to play. Um, you don't have a premium on players at an age in which they can't play meaning um yeah so i'll just make this reference so that you know, i'm not talking about anybody currently on the roster like david warren i'm, I'm talking this is a 25 year old sure. recruiting reference here but david warren was the number one defensive end in the country was really one of the highest ranked biggest recruitments ever was was considered to maybe be the best player in the state of texas as a sophomore okay um i only reference that because david warren 
still needed three years to come into the program and be ready to play defensive end at the level that Florida State was playing defensive uh, football at the time. So, you know, look, we all know about NIL. We know what it is. Uh, I don't think we have to, you know, tiptoe around it. Uh, when you get super elite high school players, you know, there's normally some kind of NIL deal tied to that. So, what? yeah, I know. I know that's going to that's gonna hurt your feelings, bud. Uh, As but the NCAA, I, I, NCAA <laughs> I'm very surprised by this news. Um, so I do think there is some strategy there to um, – as to what's going on in the line of scrimmage and continuing to to do work there. I do I'm not saying that's going to be the case forever. I'm not in a place to I don't make those decisions, so please don't misinterpret what I'm saying. Um but you know, I I do think that there's a you know that there are a couple positions in along uh in the game that make particular sense to address via the portal and I do think end and tackle are one of or two of them, excuse me. Well, you're getting the college ready, like like the college ready body, you know. And we'll get into it today when we talk about this defensive transfer class. But like, there's no mystery as to whether a guy like Grady Kelly can give you decent snaps, mm-hmm. right? We've already seen him do it at Colorado State. Yeah. Like, there's no mystery as if Sione can. Like, well, I, I don't want to spoil the the next segment. I I totally agree with you. They've announced Sione. I just want to make sure of that. Uh, he's officially on the Florida State website okay. roster. Okay, good so, deal. Thank I, you. I believe I got the. Uh, I'm uh, I'm as excited about that kid as anybody. Okay, yeah. I don't think he's Jared Verse. Please don't misinterpret what I'm saying. But that there are traits, and I'm not comparing him to this guy either. But there are traits in that guy's game that are very fim- similar to Braden Fisk. He's strong, efforts through the roof, consistencies there. Um, uh, you got. You know, you you got a ready-made college football player in Sione, uh, and uh, there's uh, there's a lot to like about that. There's a lot to be excited about that. Completely agree. Uh, so, I agree with you with everything you said as far as the ability to address misses there, and actually to get pretty decent players out of the transfer portal. Which again, I think they've done a really good job, and they've clearly done a good job in the past. You know, Verse Fisk. A, I think Jackson will end up being a really good player for you. However, I will point this out. I was looking on the CBS Sports mock draft, and out of the first round, so 32 picks, six were transfers and 26 were not. So if we're talking about the ability to acquire the guys that have the really, really high upside, I still think that's where you have to get it for the most part, not always, because Verse is one of those six. But I think for the most part, that probably has to come from the high school level. Because again, the programs that sign the elite high school guys, oftentimes they have really good collectives as well, which will do a nice job retaining the guys who are hitting. You know, Now they won't try to retain the guys as hard who are busts or who are, have not you know, found a way to beat the other four and five stars that came along with them in the recruiting class. Like those guys you can get. And sometimes you can actually hit on those guys. Jermaine Johnson is a hell of an example, right? But I do think that you know, when we look at the draft, which is the, probably the, the the most unbiased evaluator of of talent, <laughs> you know, we are seeing still the vast majority of your top picks are coming from high school. So, yeah. like to me, I'd give yeah, that time would, though. I do think that'll change. Yeah. Check in with two years with with the. 
you know, NIL took a little while to get cooking, really, for everybody to figure out how to do this or what it looks like or whether or not they're going to commit to it, et cetera. So I'm not I'm not saying that NIL didn't exist for the first 18 months or whatever, but it was not right. Not, not what it is right now. I'll tell you that much. Um, and also, you know, there's more flexibility in transferring. Um, I just I think That's that number will come down some. I do. Yeah, I, I think you're right on that. Um you know, maybe we get to a point where, you know, a third of the draft it has transferred. Will it be a third of the very top of the draft? I, I don't know. Certainly, quarterbacks with, with the transfer stuff uh, will always and kind of have always been, been something, right? Uh, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting process, for sure. So to recap the Mike thing and the Bama thing, if he goes to Alabama. I totally understand why he would do it. I think Florida State is in a great situation right now uh, because of their ability to step up both in terms of money for the coach and money for NIL. And also to use kind of the Dan Lanning logic on here, which I'm interpreting not, he didn't say this because you'd be an idiot to say it, but we all know you got to think it. And if you're talking to your agent, you're thinking about it. Some of these programs on FSU schedule have about 500K in NIL money, not for a player, for the entire roster. If you're doing your job and if the administration is doing your job and like I know we saw some comments like, hey, it's not easy to hire a coach. No, it's not. But it also is much harder to have the coach have success when you had the level of administrative cluster that FSU had on when they you know, hired Taggart. Right. Like, I don't think Mike would have a lot of success in Tallahassee. I think he'd have more than Willie did, but not I don't think he would have this level of success with that level of disorganization that was you know existing at that time. So if you got your, your vertical alignment, which I believe FSU does. This is an extremely attractive job. Three different coaches in the last quarter century have gone undefeated here. And part of it is because if you do a good job, you roll out of bed with six wins, basically. Like there's kind of six teams on your schedule every year that you really just shouldn't play close games against because the level of player you can sign, high school or transfer, I don't care, is just so much better than what they can sign. And you know what? It's kind of nice to be able to raise your family for a decade in a place where you're consistently winning. 9, 10, 11, 12 ball games, right? Like there, there's a lot of stuff to be pretty happy about with this job. So not really worried about that. But uh, I also, I, just blindly, I don't, I don't think Mike's leaving. I'm excited to see how he evolves as somebody who runs a recruiting operation. I know that you have great confidence in what he does on the field and on a day-to-day -day basis in terms of player development practice managing people I, I yeah I, I I see a lot of folks flipping out I totally agree with you that this is not a great time to have to hire a coach given all the other stuff going on but I think the bones of this program are still really damn good mm -hmm. you know so and I don't think people want to go back to sort of the cluster that you had in terms of of supporting Willie so yeah I, I I'm generally pretty confident Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I think uh, I'm just laughing at a text message I received there. Uh, I think people realize uh, that, you know, there's a level of commitment here that has to um, be there. I mean, you're certainly doing a couple of large capital products, uh, capital projects right now. And um, we're going to have to, um, 
you know, deal with a stadium that's a little not what we're used to for two years as that goes through. But, uh, you know, everybody involved with football wants wants there to be a product on the field and and a program that's going to drive people to that stadium. I mean, you don't spend as much money and tear up a building in the manner that they are to not have that be a a revenue generator, just to speak bluntly. Um, So, yeah, I I think timing is uh, an issue here. And I think um, that because of the last job hire that you realize the need to get it right and that you've got it right with your current head coach and, uh, they'll do everything in the world to keep them. And now having said that, you know, Alabama is, is Alabama. It's a chance to coach the Lakers or the Yankees or whatever, you know, it is, um, in many aspects, the, the apex of the sport. So I don't blame Mike if he were to go. Uh, but I, I do think Florida state will do everything in the world to keep him. So no doubt about it. All right. Uh, something about keeping legendary. We keep them as a sponsor because they've done really right by us. Use Chad twice for my mortgage. Loved it. I think what 500 plus of our listeners have as well. 844 FSU loan is the number to call. Also have the link to the website in the show notes. If you guys prefer to go that way, I think we probably have Chad watching live today, or at least I saw him in the chat encouraging people to like the video, which we want you to do. So yes, please like the video. All right. So this defense lost an absolute ton of experience, talent, and also leadership. And I, I going into the offseason, it was one of my concerns, and I'm sure one of yours and everybody that that follows the uh follows the program, that you needed to get it re you know kind of restocked and upgraded in 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 all of those areas. So need a talent infusion, but also needed an, an infusion of experience and an infusion of leadership and i'm not here to tell you that that any of these guys you just signed are going to be amazing like super vocal leaders but you can lead by example uh and and you can lead with how how you go about your day-to-day work and about setting a standard so uh that is something that i think vocal leadership is wildly overrated and frequently doesn't come from the people that you would want it to uh yeah i'll put it that way especially because everything is filmed, right? Mm, so yes. some of these guys really like to, uh, they, they they really like to kind of be around when the cameras are there, being like super, super uh, seen, I guess, right? And that's not always. Um, Chad says they want to help 15 Old Castle listeners this year and donate over 10,000 to the Battle's End. Awesome. Oh, I you, love man. that too. Yeah. Look at that. Thank that is you, Chad. Good... Thank you, Chad. Awesome, man. So, Let's start D-line because this is a place where you did lose a little bit, right? You're losing you're losing a, a likely first-round pick in Jared Verse. You're losing Braden Fisk, who I, I think is undoubtedly going to get drafted, and, and a guy that, uh, I mean, if he stays healthy, he could play in the league for a while because he's just you know, super uh, powerful with the hands and, and has some twitch to him and, and is is a damn good football player, you know, and, and you, you lose quite a bit. So I like the mix in this group that you got in terms of upside and experience. Who do you want to start with? Cause there, there are a lot of guys here that we, that we can talk about. Um, I'd like to start with Toma, the kid from West Virginia. Uh, All right. I, I'm excited about that. I think it's a guy's he's young. Now I think we may have a little bit of a different opinion here. This is good. Um, I, I know some of your points and I think they're very valid. I also would 
respond to the fact that that was a 19 year old kid playing defensive line and he's going to continue to grow. Um, and wouldn't surprise me. Uh, this is a, a compliment on the kid to flexibility. Wouldn't surprise me to see you use this kid on um, multiple different looks. I think you can shift him. Um, you can have him line up on the interior in certain situations over the course of his career. It wouldn't surprise me if he didn't grow into a player who moves more into the interior. I think there's a ton of flexibility, explosiveness. I think this is a this is a piece that you can put in the program, have him grow. He's going to contribute immediately. I'm not suggesting otherwise, but you can grow this player to the player that he's going to be. While meanwhile, you got Sione as the player that he is. So great blend of two two defensive ends here. I think that's why I was so excited about it. The the combination thereof, because Tommy is I, – I initially pulled his stuff up, and I, I have access to a, a, a stats bomb portal because a, a friend of mine works for the company. It, it's like a – it's like – think like PFF on steroids. And I was watching it, and I was like, okay, like these numbers are are really kind of off the charts good, right, as far as the the good stuff. His impact rate, which is plays that you make – like a a stop. Sorry, uh, why am I on twenty twenty two? He was on Kentucky in twenty two. Here we go. I mean his his impact rate was like nine percent, which is like kind of close to tops in the country, right? Now I was like, okay, that's pretty insane. And then I looked at it and it's like, okay, some of these are uh, plays against a, a pit offense this year that was as we saw a bit of a disaster and, and against Duquesne, but he also had a couple against TCU. Uh, he did have a good bowl game. I don't really use bowl games in my numbers, but clearly like I see what he did. And then I went and watched the clips. I was like, there's something here. This is really encouraging. Like this, this kind of impact that he has the, the ability to, to be quick at that size is very encouraging. And something that I think if you are, you know, if you're JP or, or, you know, Dell and like working together, obviously, is something you got to be pretty damn excited about. And I was like, okay, why did he only play 219 snaps for West Virginia? And I watched some of the bad clips. And I think there's, and now there are actually a decent number of bad clips, which is discouraging. But the encouraging part, I think, is that they weren't bad because he's physically incapable of playing well. There were bad clips there, I think, because he's, he does have some rawness to his game. As you mentioned, the 19-year-old thing. It's like, okay, on some of these clips, like the football sense is not is not always there in his game. I think in some ways there's some guess in his game, and, and the guess is really, really good, and, and that's fine. This is a guy that if you can develop him, and they have done a good job developing players, I'm, I'm extremely excited because you have that high upside. What I would be worried about is if you had to, if you had to truly rely on him to be a guy that gave you like 550 snaps this year. Right now, if you do get that out of him, I'm pretty excited because like that's, if you're playing in 550 snaps, that probably means something click. Light came on, baby. And that is, that is a problem for ACC defensive line or offensive line. Good to be too. Yeah, I'll we'll have to go back and look at the snap count numbers. I mean, the Florida State has gotten into so much rotation. I mean, it is it is part of their strategy. I'm not giving anything away there. Um, I think some of the higher numbers were like in the fours. I mean, yep. there is a lot of rotation, which is 
good for the player, good for the program, good for the player's long-term perspectives as far as uh, Sundays. Um, yeah, I know it's I know it's frustrating at times when you know second snap of the game and you're like, well, what the hell is this rotation already? But uh, you know it's done with intent and it, it paid very handsome dividends uh, to an extent this year. Still had some guys with injuries and stuff, but uh, you know the fact you didn't miss anybody long term, I think probably had a had a part in that. He also, I think, is a guy who could slide down on passing downs and give you some because he does have some real some. some He's got some some burst to his game, man, and he's got a little bit of length on him, and and definitely has some pop. I I could totally see this. That this is a, in my opinion, a good get because of the upside, and I think it's really nice when it's paired with a guy like Sione, who I think we should probably get to next because Sione is. I'm not gonna say the opposite because that's not accurate, but he's bankable. You, you just I. If he stays healthy, you know exactly what you're going to get out of him. I mean, it, you see the power, you see the technique, you see him play with, with with good leverage. He can bend a little bit, high effort. The, the floor on Sione's game, uh, Tommy has a higher ceiling, I think. Sione has, has a much higher floor. Like that is a, how do you say, like a professional college football player, a, a guy that you know exactly what you're going to get out of him. I, I think he played. 500-something snaps for, for a, a good Oregon State defense. Uh, 41 Havoc plays, yeah, in 497 snaps. Pretty well spread out. Very few plays that were graded poorly. So that's the thing, man. If Tommy's swimming in a game, right, you, you can count on – like you, you can pull him off to the side. You, you can have J.P. or Odell talk to him a little bit. I, I, I saw first comment. It was awesome. <laughs> Exactly, oh. dude. Exactly. <laughs> it's just the night. It's a nice combo of of like super high upside, but kind of raw. And then like, hey, this guy, we know he can play. How old is he? Only twenty two. Do they list it? He's got to be. Yeah, I would imagine he's twenty two, maybe twenty three. He's not a COVID senior, is he? I don't believe so. Don't know. Stop mad. Uh, let me see here. So he was class of 2020. Okay, so that's this is his fifth year, so he's not a COVID senior. Yeah, I uh I like I like what they're doing here. And then you have another upside guy in Marvin Jones, Marvin Jones Jr., who a couple guys on his staff are very familiar with. Pat Sertan coached him in high school at Heritage. We've seen him a ton in camps. Now he did not get to play a ton at Georgia. I think a lot of that was due to injury. So I don't really know exactly what his ability is as a college player. But I, I do know that unless his skills are diminished due to some of the injury stuff, you, you got to be pretty damn happy with what you got here, right? Hasn't been great yet, but the upside is, is pretty good. He played 225 snaps this year. Didn't have a ton of impact plays, but I, I, I'm i still pretty encouraged by this. I I, I think there's a real chance there. Yeah, been obviously been in a, a high end program uh, from from all aspects, strength and conditioning, etc. Uh, raw tools are through the roof. Um, coaches still talk about just some of the physical things and, and traits and aspects that they've seen out of him that are you know truly unique. Um, I think it's a good situation um, in that there's other you know Pat 
Sione, et cetera, is there. Uh, he can come, you know, come online uh, as he continues to grow and, and lift. Um, I like this. You know, obviously, I, I love the idea of the guy who's currently sitting over my right shoulder, his son, uh, being part of the program. And, um, you know, if you're of old enough age, you, we all know what Marvin Jones was to this program. And, um, Jones Jr. being around is nothing but a good thing and, and and a hell of a player in his own right, you know. Um, so I think it's I think it's great. I also think it's great that he's got a little bit of runway uh, of which to operate in and and learn the position, continue to learn the position and continue to grow into the you know type of body that's required to play defensive end. So more college football games are lost than they than they are won. A lot of coaches think that. I think that's probably fair for the most part. And a guy who I think maybe doesn't win you games, but is somebody who helps prevent losses, is Grady Kelly, Colorado State. His impact numbers don't jump off the page. But if you watch the snaps, and that was a pretty damn good Colorado State defensive line. You also had Kamara uh, for them, who was probably an NFL guy. They they gave Colorado fits pretty much all, all, all night. They uh, they gave Boise fits. I know it was, it was a snow game, but... Uh, they actually played Air Force pretty hard, like the, relative to who you have in the Mountain West, uh, and even some P five stuff. That D line was one of the real strengths of that Colorado State team. Again, just another guy, older dude, 6'2", 285 listed by FSU, five hundred plus snaps. I think there's a lot to like here because I can have him play twenty or twenty five snaps in a game, and be confident that those snaps aren't a disaster. And to your point earlier about like, you know, get old, stay old, you can you can actually recruit pretty well D line out, out of the portal. I think this is a good example of it, man. I think you like that. That's this is sort of an embodiment of that in some ways, because I can get. Can he give me three hundred twenty five snaps next year, at a playable, decent ACC level? Because if I got to throw an eighteen year old in there, that might lose me a ball game, mm-hmm. or it might lose me a ball game down the line because I can't afford to play yeah. my really good guy only. You know, or, or, or your eighteen-year-old may get hurt and not be able to develop for eight months. Uh, right. This is yeah. this is also load maintenance for your studs, right? Having Kelly. Sorry for saying right too much. I'm trying to correct that. It's a purple crush. Been watching a lot of Saban recently. Uh, well, I have actually. Uh, yes, and I, I we have some feedback. You modified time. your your eight to right. <laughs> totally. Uh, having Grady Kelly might help you play Josh Farmer. 10 fewer snaps in some of the blowout games or in some of the sort of medium games so that he's fresher when you go play in South Bend or when you go play against Clemson, go play down, down in, down in South beach. Well, Miami's not in South beach. It's actually in like Opelika, but anyway, I I like it. 5% impact rate is not insane, but it's not terrible for a, uh, a D tackle. This is interesting too. Do you know who Devon Ellis is? I do not know. So Penn State is like loaded up with freaks on their D-line. But he's their sort of non-freak who they don't seem to take off the field because he's actually just pretty decent, reliable football player. And that was a – Penn State was like a top eight SP Plus defense this year. And they get uh, – they they keep him on the field. He plays a ton. That's actually – if you look at his trait and performance score on StatsBomb, Devon Ellis is the number one comp for Grady Kelly. Mm, okay. I thought that was kind of cool. Like, yeah, I like this. So, 
two real upside shots in, in Tomey and Jones and two guys who I think are extremely bankable as to the predictability of their performance in Sione and Kelly. Do you got you got any good Kelly stories? I don't have any Kelly stories, no. I mean, I know it's a local kid coming back, which is always going to be, a, or not always, but it's frequently a uh, something that we see in um, in portal movement. And um, what was it? Is he originally from Apalachicola or something? I'm, 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 yeah, Panhandle kid. Um, yeah, so uh, great to see that. And, um, yeah, I mean, somebody that gives you, you know, protection, Malcolm Ray uh, leaving, things like that. I think it's a, a very solid pickup. You remember when we had the discussion about um, the Brewers and how they didn't have a lot of guys who were leading the league in one category, but they did lead the league in one interesting category in baseball, which was the uh, the fewest number of guys with a negative win probability added in terms of innings played. So you can be good by not being bad. And I don't mean that as, as a tautology. I'm just saying it – Limiting weak spots is a way to improve a team just as much as adding superstars is. Ideally, you would like to have both or just have everybody a superstar and then there's no weak spots. That's great. But not everybody can be the 2013 team all the time. So that's kind of how, how I view this. You are upgrading that DT3 spot or DT4 spot. And I think he'll play a decent bit. So, uh, Tyler Huck says, who do you view as the best data for college ball between True Media, PFF, and StatsBomb? I like all three of them. Uh, Stats bomb's not public. I they do have a cool feature where they have scatter plots of every single snap a guy played, and it's color coded. And then you can take your mouse and lasso all the little dots that you want to view, and then watch them uh, all in a row. So that's kind of neat. It's like, okay, what? Show me every deep ball that this kid defended, or every deep route he ran. So that, that's kind of neat. But they, they're all they all have good. Uh, Good uses to me. Good job banning the troll in the chat, man. Ex excellent work. I like that. The uh yeah, I'm not gonna repeat that response there. Okay. Well, while you're looking, I will thank our friends at Charlie Park, Matso Township, all the wonderful uh aspects. Also, uh they've got a, another project. I need to talk to Matt about that just to get better ideas so that we can speak more as to uh exactly what's going on but um look if uh if for the table restaurant group is doing it uh they're going to do it at a high level and charlie park is certainly an example of that so we love going over there i actually um so i stayed so many nights at the indigo i'll always be at the indigo to some extent or another but uh i think i'm actually i'm going to get a place uh in tallahassee just for nice. myself and the the broader group of the collective and uh when you know it's right across the street from Charlie Park, but so a uh, very, very convenient location. And uh, we'll see how that plays out. But uh, Charlie Park right there, a rooftop bar next to the uh, AC uh, Marriott over there in Cascades Park. Fantastic place. CharliePartRooftop.com is the website. And a big thank you to them as always. Think about this D-line. Peyton, Farmer, Jackson, Sione. Tommy, Jones Jr., Kelly, a couple of your young D tackles, who I think will, will I mean, Odell plays almost the entire roster, so they'll definitely. Lions is right there. Lions yeah. is Lions is the guy that 
going to make an impact this year, definitely. K.J. Sampson, really impressive kid. Would expect him to be involved as well. Who on your schedule is blocking this? I'm not saying that that's that's not that's not rhetorical, but in some ways, I guess it could be. Think about this. I mean, who who can really who can handle that consistently? Georgia Tech got a pretty good offense, definitely a bad defense. Florida, we'll see. Uh, probably Miami, Clemson, Notre Dame. This is this is a this is good work. Good, good good work on this in terms of I don't think Cal can block that. North Carolina just lost their uh their left tackle, by the way, to Ole Miss. I don't know if you caught that, but uh Ole Miss definitely seems to be like going for it, going for it. Going for it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do I do know those guys to an extent, uh, from a collective standpoint. Yeah, you know, I don't know any coaches or whatever. And even last year, they were like, look, man. You know, we're trying to put together a good roster, but we also travel to Athens and to Tuscaloosa. Like, 24 yeah. is our year. Like, they they know. They knew what they were doing. Uh, this is not by accident. They have a uh, significant amount of support behind them, and they've done a great job of uh, of cultivating, you know, um, business support in Oxford, et cetera, et cetera. Um, they're, they're definitely going for it. Yeah. And I, that is a new concept in college football, the, the going for it. Like lining up your schedule mm-hmm. with the, the age of your roster and then adding a couple extra pieces. Who, who Missouri's doing the same thing to a little bit yeah. of a lesser extent, but yeah, Missouri's, I mean, Missouri's in, you know, they're trying to, trying to see what's possible. So especially these programs that aren't, you know, Bama, Georgia, Ohio state, et cetera, you know, you've yeah. got to, you've got to kind of got to box clever and see where your opportunities are. And that is going to be an interesting wrinkle to uh, NIL portal, et cetera. 100%. All right, let's talk defensive back. This is a spot where you you lose Renardo, you lose Jaron, and you lose Dent. But as of now, you have AZ, who I saw uh, announced a uh, partnership with the Battle's End. Yeah, I like that, man. Yeah, AZ's a hell of a great kid, hell of a player, future longtime gentleman that is, will be employed on Sunday. Um, yeah, Go, goes about his business the right way. If Shaim... And you have a boatload of young DBs who I think I'm very confident this is going to be a good secondary and it could be a great secondary in 2025. And I can't rule out it being a great secondary a year early, meaning 2024. Like they have recruited this position well out of the high school level. And I think they've developed the position well. And yet you go and you add two pieces in Earl Little Jr. and Devontae Brown. And I think these are different certainly different kids, but they're both useful in different ways. Who, who you want to start with? Uh, Earl Little Jr. I think is, you know, maybe the highlight of the portal, to be honest with you so far. I mean, very high-level player. A uh, guy who uh, borderline starter at Alabama multiple times this year. Um, a guy that uh, I'm very excited to see what he looks like in a Florida State uniform. I'll put it that way. I think, I think that's, yeah. So, Sertan Coastman High School, you obviously had the relationship w- with Randy Shannon, uh, who knows his dad extremely well from their time at Miami. Uh, and we said on this show, was like, that's a good reason to, to have Randy Shannon on staff because of the relationship there. Now, you didn't land him out of high school. If you want an example of finishing second out of high school 
And that used to be a thing where there ain't no prize for second place. And now there can be. Not obviously tamper or anything, but if the kid does hit the portal, oftentimes, if they were a highly recruited player, they're going to go and call some of the folks who recruited them once they hit the portal. Hey, man, what you guys got cooking down there? Do you like it? Like, or, or that, that type, they're going to call some of their teammates or their, their, you know, their buddies out of high school who they know who are now on that team. I like the versatility that Little can bring you. He didn't get to play very much for Alabama. I think he played 23 snaps this year. Obviously, he had to fight through some stuff. But, man, I, I'm could he play some nickel for you? I, could could he do some Jamie Robinson type stuff? I would be, I'd be very interested to see in how they deploy him. But if you're looking for spots on this defense that have to be shored up, it, I think nickel is certainly one. So I I uh, I'd like to see if he gets some run there at nickel in in, in spring because I do think that's that's an ability in his game. Um, yeah, I think. Um... Yeah, I think he slides into the into the Jerrion position pretty quickly. Uh, I think you got. Um, I think your secondary is going to be very solid, and by the end of the year, it could be more than that uh, yeah. as these young players come online. And uh, uh, yeah, so I, I, I like where you are. I like where you are a lot. I think uh, Shaheen Brown going to have another year where he takes a jump and is already a really really good player. Um, this will be the strength of your strength of your team, at least immediately, you know, yeah. we'll have to see what the defensive line looks like as it, you know, continues to grow and mature and all those pieces start to get comfortable in the system. But, uh, secondary is pretty turnkey ready. So with Devante Brown, I'm also kind of encouraged with this because I live in Orlando. I obviously know some of the guys on UCF staff. They, they weren't, uh, they weren't real happy when when he left uh, for Miami. Obviously, like it, it happens, but I think Randy Shannon has some familiarity with Devontae Brown from his time there at UCF. And this guy played 600 something snaps in 2022. Now, he didn't play that many for Miami. He had some good games and he had some bad games. His ratings against Florida State and against uh, Texas AM were poor. He also had some games where he was graded extremely highly. And in some of those cases, I, I think the offenses he played were, were 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 poor. But he has a lot of games that are just decent. And like we said, more games are lost than they are won. This will be a super talented secondary. But among the reserves, it will not be an experienced secondary. Not that there are many se not teams that have a whole lot of experienced reserves. But if you can add a one-year guy who's played over a 1,000 college snaps to come in, has familiarity with your staff, has a general feel for how to play the game of college football, and can play college football at a decent level. Like I'm not going to blow smoke to you guys and say like Devontae Brown's a shutdown guy. I don't think that he is. I think that he's a guy who you know is a reasonably trustworthy player. When you have to, when you have to use him, he's a guy you can throw in there and doesn't get you beat. And that's that's valuable, man. You want to be able to develop your young guys, but you also don't want to. If they're not, if maybe if they're if they're swimming a little bit, you need to be able to throw somebody in there. So I I, I do like Brown for for that reason, and I think he's also a guy who can give you some positional versatility. That's a big long body. I mean, he's six two. Mm -hmm. Could he play some safety too? I I'm not saying he will, but I think that's certainly a possibility. So I I like what they're doing here in the secondary. 
Little has kind of a defined role and, and Brown is somebody who brings a lot of experience. And as we mentioned, the practice habits, understanding what you need to do is, is useful for a team that you know probably takes a bit of a step back in terms of overall talent, but there is some chance that it, if Clemson really screws around in the portal and doesn't get anybody, and if Miami is really going to strike out on quarterback, like so far it looks like they have, I mean, why not us, <laughs> right? Why, why, why can't you win the league again? It doesn't mean you will, but if, you don't, you, you're not just going to concede it to start the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, they're going continue to, to do work, uh, kind of like your chances. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm updating see. my uh, my top 25. By the way, I have now because Miami did not get a quarterback. I'm dropping them below FSU. Mm. And are you okay disclosing where that number is currently? Uh, no, I just you know in my head. Okay, because I I moved. I had Oregon two, and then Ohio State somehow got every. Speaking of teams that are all in, I think Ohio State's collective may have uh, decided to join the, the serious ones uh, in the last month because they uh, they're keeping all their players apparently. So, but I, I was do I was kind of doing some revisions. Like, okay, this the this. Downs kid up there for a visit. Is he really? I, I, I'm, I'm, I know there were some. Okay, uh, Ohio State message boards and Georgia message boards are extremely interested in his whereabouts. So yes. Yeah, I could I could be wrong about it. I'm not trying to start rumor. I thought I saw a, a graphic of that last night, but uh, that would be impressive. It, it could have uh, just been a picture from a high school recruitment as well. So, so I think because after the addition of of Sione and the offensive line stuff, which we'll talk about the next show, uh, I think you got to move Florida State. I think you got to have them in the teens. This is good work in the portal. A lot of guys, you are sort of professional college ball player. Yes, I'm aware that Miami got Reese Perfenberger at quarterback. I I, I did uh, I saw that. I'm not saying that guy sucks, but uh, but I, I thought Miami was going to uh, be a, have an all in year, and that means get a quarterback who we know can play at this level and play high. And uh, so far, they've struck out there, in my opinion. So I'm, I'm moving them down slightly. Um, you think you think FSU should be like? What do you think? Like 15, 14 sounds about right. Somewhere in there. We'll see how the portal, you know, we'll check in and again after this portal and then see what April holds. But yeah, I mean, that's probably a, an appropriate ranking. I, I, you know, I kind of roll my eyes when I see 22 or below or something like that. I just don't, yeah. I'm not looking at the pieces that are on this roster. So I had Washington unranked for, uh, because in my system, they hadn't added anybody. And most of the guys who are like, rated really really highly who are draft eligible i i have them as going pro mm -hmm. so i got a lot of crap for that that was good um west virginia fans found my my venmo and cash app and decided to send me a whole lot of one dollar requests for not knowing ball so tip the cap that was actually <laughs> really, really hilarious I, I was like, that, that's pretty good yeah yeah that's uh that's really damn good no florida state is not uh they are not banned from using the portal in uh, in the spring. I don't know where that rumor is coming from, but that is uh, that is false. I, I can certainly confirm that. Uh, DJ Lundy decided to come back. Yes, we, I think we already hit on that to start the show a little bit. Toughest game this year. I would say Notre Dame on the road. Yeah, that'll be a really really good defense. They got Riley Leonard out of the portal. If he's healthy, he's he's a not a, not a fun guy to play against. That's probably your 
your toughest one. No, there's no NCAA penalty against signing linebackers. I don't know where that would come from. If Mike leaves, who does FSU target? Uh, again, uh, I think they would have a ton of guys interested in this job, like a lot, because of the the work that they've done in recent uh, in recent years. So, I do not think they would go after Ryan Day because I don't think Ryan Day would take the Florida State job. Uh, Florida State is rarely bad. Ohio State is never bad. In our our lifetimes, basically. Yeah, no, I don't. I mean, I, don't, I could see where maybe Ryan Day would make a movement where he wouldn't otherwise, because he might not have quite the stability behind. But you know, if That's they're fair. doing the things they are on the portal otherwise, then probably not. Like a restart the clock move, you mean? Mm, a restart the clock move. Yes, sir. I believe we've used that phrase before. That makes sense. I don't think they would call Dill. It's probably just too early for Dillingham. Again, I, I don't really want to do the whole like coach replacement thing because I don't at this point think Florida State's coach is leaving. So, mm-hmm. and we if it did happen, we would have some time for sure. Uh, I think that's most of what I have for today. What else yeah. you got going on? I want to thank our great friends at Congruity. Matt Lewis and his team continue to be uh, an asset to uh, the Nolcast, uh, the Battles End, and a litany of other. Florida State-based uh, businesses. Uh, CongruityHR.com is the website, as always, if you want to reach out to me. Uh, those, <laughs> those third-party introductions are a little harder than they used to be right now, but uh, if I'm late getting back to you, I apologize. promise you I will. Uh, but you cannot find a better partner, whether it be HR, payroll, uh, or any other of the aspects of running a business than the good people at Congruity. So congruityhr.com is the website, and we thank them for their continued support of the Nolcast. All right. Uh, let me see a couple more questions from the chat, potentially. Oh, the, okay. The reason why people think there's a, a prohibition from um, uh, portal recruiting is that they're, they, there's like a week there where they're not allowed to communicate with portal athletes. Um, I have a suspicion they will still be fine. Yep. In 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 that, yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not worried about that. That is not a a ban uh, on portal recruiting. So, cool, man. Uh, pretty slow day for you. <laughs> well, I apologize, dude. I think I've answered 35 text messages over dude. the course. Of this <laughs> no, same. <laughs> uh, it's just insane. Uh, yeah, no, man. It's good stuff. Good stuff. So awesome. Keep keep working on it. Two pods in uh, in two days. And, yeah, uh, I'm hoping go. we don't do another pod tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, we don't. I don't. Uh, no, sir. No, sir. Yeah, like, maybe like a Tuesday pod to talk offensive prospects. <laughs> that would well, be we'll be able to do. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I know there's a couple more. Uh, you know, we'll be able to do probably a more complete total portal look back i would imagine at some point in your future as well that's probably what our our next show is and um yeah yeah it'll be exciting so awesome man uh we'll see you soon buddy all right brother